heaven. Uh, let me say this before I start. I have been getting testimonies left and right that since we started declaring an open heaven, people have been blessed and they can't even explain some of the blessings that's been flowing in their life. I had somebody come to me and say, Pastor, you know, since we started this series, I, I paid my calls. Now, some of y'all, that don't mean nothing to you. But there's some of you that know there's no greater feeling when that note says paid in full. That God has been strategically opening doors and shifting things and making things happen. I don't, I don't come to church and just play with y'all. I, I come to church, and when I say that God is saying something, it's because I really feel that down in my spirit that that's what God is saying. And I believe that God is getting ready to shift this church, this ministry, and these people into a level of an open heaven that will be unex unexplainable. Okay? That you will enter into things you're not qualified for, but you're already prepared. I got to say that one more time. That you're going to enter into things that you're not qualified for, but you're already prepared. Now, you catch that in the spirit. That, that you, don't, you don't even have the qualifications for it, but somehow your name going to be blowing in the wind and, and they're going to pick it up and can't even understand. They're going to look at you and say, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm telling you, we are in a season of open heaven and it's time for us to align ourselves with what God is saying and what he's speaking. And on today, I want to preach from this subject, savings. Savings. We talked about God being the source. And last week, we talked about what? Uh, sowing. We talked about tithing. But on today, we're going to talk about savings. Now, let me be very clear with you. I'm a very balanced preacher. I don't give you pie in the sky without practical. I don't give you, you know, check coming in the mail in three days and spin around on your head and high five your neighbor five times and, and your debt going to be supernaturally paid off. No, you need to pay your debt off. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I think that's a bad theology that is being preached now because if supernatural debt is going to be paid off, what that means is you stole that money. You'll catch that later. I'm not saying God can't do it. What I'm saying is if that's what you're waiting on, then you, you are a robber. And God is saying, no, I need you to be in a position where I can bless you, watch this, through your discipline. Everybody say discipline. All right? So um, I want to start by making three statements. Now, I might not do a whole lot of hollering on today, but I want to make sure I give this to you. I want to start by making three statements that I believe we all want in the area of our finances. I believe all of us in here, we all want these three things in the area of our finance. No matter where you are on, on an economic stage of your life, we all want these three things. Number one, watch this, all of us want to spend less money. Okay. Number two, we all want to give more money away. And number three, we want to save more money. Can I just go ahead and take an assessment of the room that everybody in here, you want all three of those things. You want to spend less money, you want to give more money away, and you want to save more money. If I'm talking to you, lift your hand, say, that's me, that's me. All right, just want to make sure I'm in the house. No matter what our income is, we all have some similarities when it comes to our finances, but what God does uh, have to, but what does God have to say about our finances in the word? Because in the Bible, watch this, there are over 2,000 passages that pertain to money and finances. Let me say that again. 
in the Bible, the word of God, which we stand on and believe, we, there are over 2,000 passages that pertain to money and finances. In comparison, there are only about 500 on prayer and faith combined. Didn't I blow your mind this time, didn't I? And what we see is that God spends four times as many passages talking about money than he does about prayer and faith. Why? Because as we stated for the past two weeks, it is easier to trust God with our eternity than it is to trust him with our money. Don't care how many tongues you speak in. Don't care how saved you are. Don't care if you came from a so-and-so missionary Baptist church, a Pentecostal so-and-so holy roller in the floor, speaking in tongues to your foam at the mouth. No matter how long you have been saved, it is much easier for you and I to trust God with our eternity than it is with our money. Because we worked hard for the money. So hard for the money. So we work hard for the money. So you better treat. Okay. There's a Donna, Donna Summer spirit in here. That's why in this series, we are trying to show God's path from financial pressures to financial peace. Watch this through wise stewardship and generosity. Okay? That God is getting ready to take us from the pressures and the weight of finances to a place of peace and prosperity. And God is teaching us that it is through stewardship and generosity. I want to declare some of your life for those that's going to catch this, uh, the, for those that really want to believe this by faith. You might have 99 problems, but I decree and declare that money will not be one. Okay, all right. Touch your neighbor and say, he talking to me, he talking to me. Because you are getting ready to move from hate talking about money to a place where you're making money while you sleep. I ain't got everybody, I, you know, I wish y'all would get this. I wish y'all would get this because blessings and favor is getting ready to overtake you because you have made up in your mind that I believe the word of the Lord that I am under an open heaven. If I'm talking to you, I want you to give God just a little bit of praise that you are under an open heaven. And the reality is, that if we all had one wish pertaining to our finances, we all wish we had more income. Because we believe that the more income would make things better and easier for our lives. Only problem is, watch this, out of the 2,000 passages, not one of them says that the answer to our problems is more money. Check the record. 2,000 passages on money and finances, and not one of them says that having more money is the answer to your problem. God does not speak about more money. God shows us through his word that what we are to do with what we already have. What are you doing with what you already got? You're blessed. Mm -hmm. You're gainfully employed. You get a check every Friday or the Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you get your check. You are blessed. If you have income, if money is coming in, you are blessed. And God is saying, watch this, I'm least bit concerned with sending you more. I'm more concerned about what you're doing with what you already have. Now, let me be very clear. There is nothing wrong with increasing your income. 
But God wants us to see that, watch this, we are already blessed. That we are already favored and we already have increased and we already have inflow. Uh, uh, watch this, overflow. I need you to touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're already blessed. Yeah, you're already blessed. See, see, I wish the saints would get this because if you understood how blessed you were, you wouldn't walk around here so sad, broke, busted, and disgusted if you really understood that you were already blessed. Did you have to fill up a pail, just a water at a well, and bring it all the way back to your house this morning? No, you're already blessed. Did you have to go in the woods and hunt for your food and for, the, for you to eat? No, you open up the refrigerator. You're already blessed. Did you have to wear somebody else's clothes to come to church today? No. Why? Because you're already blessed. And if you're already blessed, why don't you give God just a little bit of praise and tell him thank you that I'm already blessed. No, I need you to praise him like you believe you're already blessed. If he never sends me another day, I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. And what blows my mind, watch this. Some of y'all grew grew up, watch this, sleeping three to a bed. Now you're in a bed all by yourself and you're still miserable. It, it blows my mind that you used to have to put that black jelly on your head and, sl and slick it back. And now you get your hair done faithfully and you still miserable. Look at your neighbor and say, is he talking to you? He talking to you? Used to be a time nobody would hire you. And because you got one enemy on your job, now you are miserable with your life. Have you lost your mind? Touch your neighbor and say, get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Because why would God bless you with more and you're miserable with less? Okay, all right. God says, I can bless you with more, but don't look at it at more as if that's the answer to your problem. Because if you're miserable with less, you're going to be miserable with more. Can I tell you something? I've preached this before, but I need to say this right here. Watch this. Money does not do anything but make you what bigger what you already are. So if I give a crackhead money, more money, all they're going to do is be a bigger crackhead. If you're broke with the money you already got, don't care if you win the lottery because you're going to be bigger broke later. Your debt right now, 30000 Give you a million dollars, your debt going to be 700000 Okay, all right. I feel a little tension in the room right now because we, we don't understand that money does not do anything but make you bigger with what you already are. Watch this. So if you're a giver with little, you're going to be a giver with much. You keep saying, I'll tithe when the Lord bless me with more. Why? Because you're stealing on what you got now. You might not shout today. Watch this. But we need, watch this, to submit ourselves to the wisdom of God so that we can grow in the area of our finances. Not my will, not my wisdom, not my ideas, not my strategies, but it is God's wisdom that I must walk in. So we are going to look at the wisdom that God gave Israel in the Old Testament. 
I'm going to I'm going to I'm going in dangerous territory. I hope you can ride with me just for a little bit um, because I got to be um, a, a black revolutionist just for a minute and deal with some issues with our community. Us. Us. Um, uh, before you turn there, uh, Israel is coming out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt, a place where nothing they had was their own. God then uses Moses to bring them up out of Egypt. You know, let my people go. Y'all remember that? They cross the Red Sea, and, they, and they're journeying, journeying to a sense of freedom. Watch this. They go as a group of people. Watch this. Hear this now. They are coming out of slavery. They are in freedom, but as a group, they have no structure. They have no government. They have no education. They have no health care. They have no economic system. After this message, I can never run for president. I just want to let you know. And God takes them and gives them wisdom on how he wants to build them as a nation. Because I believe that God wants to give us wisdom to build us as a nation and as a people. God wants to build his people. God wants to build you and I to be a great nation. Watch this. He told them as they left Egypt to go into the land that God had promised them. And he told them not to, hear this, be enslaved by the gods of the other nations. Okay? God tells them. So God says, watch this. I need to tell you about this thing called sin because it is sin that brings on slavery. God tells them to stay away from sin because uh, when you sin, you will need to make a sacrifice because there is a debt that is now owed that must be paid. Are y'all with me? Come out of Egypt. They are free. They have no system. They have no government. They need to be taught how to be a great nation. Are y'all with me? Galatians 5, verse number 1, it's on the screen, you don't have to turn there, is this church foundational scripture. This church was founded on this scripture right here. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burned again by a yoke of slavery. God says this is about your salvation, that we have been set free by salvation, that when I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm free from the debt of sin. Because Jesus died once and for all. Uh, uh, I don't have to bring bulls and goats into the sanctuary because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice that paid the price for my past sins, for my present sins, and for my future sins all at the same time. Are there any free people in this house on today? I'm free from having to have the good outweigh the bad and hope for the best. I'm free from the penalty of sin. I'm free from, uh, from, uh, from being good enough to earn eternal life. Because the truth of the matter is, I can never be good enough to earn eternal life. Because as, I mean, I get out the bed, and I'm all right. And then all of a sudden, come on, something get on your nerves. And your thoughts go left. I've sinned. Okay, maybe your thoughts didn't go left when you got out the bed. But, but maybe when you went in the refrigerator and found out that somebody had ate what you had, was waiting on. And all of a sudden, your spirit goes, goes left, you know. Okay, maybe that's not you. But when you get in that car and have to drive with a lot of other Jacksonville people that don't know how to drive. Okay, all right. Maybe you all right when you drive. But there's some of us that by the time you get to work, there's somebody on that job that's going to wreck your nerve and take you all the way left. 
So when I get saved, watch this, I am free from having to perform in order for God to accept me. I'm, in, I'm accepted into the beloved. I'm the elect of Christ. And I am free from the, watch this, also from the bondage of sin. I'm free from the grip of the devil. I need you to just lift one hand and say, I am free. But God, watch this, saints of God, here's where we went off. God doesn't just want you to be free spiritually. I believe that God wants you to be free economically. So what good is it to save your soul and you be broke? Okay. God wants you to be free in your finances. That whatever state you are in financially, that you, have, that you find yourself to be content. So God speaks to these former slaves by his infinite wisdom in order to build something in his people. And here's what God had to come against. Here's where I'm going to get in trouble, and I'm going to lose some of y'all. He had to come against, let's go, a slave mentality. Here we go. Here we go. All right, I'm never running for office. They're going to find this one message right here. They're going to blast it everywhere. Watch this. Because I've discovered us. Even though we are more than 100 years removed from slavery. Still operate in a slave mentality. I'm not pointing my finger at you. I said us. Still to this day have these thoughts. Have these habits have these things that we do that brings us to a slave mentality. Now, there are many of them, but I'm only going to give you three because I want to parallel it, parallel it with the word of God. Um, the, the, I, I, watch this. The first slave mentality, here we go, is a competitive nature. A competitive nature. Watch this. When, when, they, when the children of Israel were getting ready to cross the Red Sea and was about to enter into the promised land, they sent spies into the land. And, and to survey the land that was promised to them, watch this, and they sent sp 12 spies, only two came back with a good report. The Bible says they came back and reported, watch this, that they looked like grasshoppers in comparison to the people that were in the land. Because comparison is not only the thief of joy, it's also the thief of progress. Your progress stops quicker when you start comparing yourself to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Don't be trying to be on a diet and you got to see somebody on social media that's losing weight left and right. Okay, I wish I was talking to some real people right there. Don't be trying to live right and you see somebody ratchet get married. Am I talking to anybody that know that comparison will slow down your progress quicker than anything else? Watch this, because we minimize our greatness and become inferior in nature. So as a people, we can't move forward when we compare and become competitive. Competitive amongst one another. Watch this. This is where the mentality comes from, because you, you miss what I'm saying, and I need you to catch this. This is where the mentality comes from. You've heard this before. Crabs in a barrel. That most times, us as African Americans, God bless you, uh, that we get, we get, we become crabs in a barrel. Don't let you start doing good, because there's gonna be somebody around you that got to pull you down. That ain't all that. Who they think they are? I know I'm preaching because y'all quiet. Um, because watch this, we compare ourselves. 
Well, Pastor, where that's a slave mentality? Light skin and dark skin. One worked in the house, the other one was in the field. Is this too heavy for y'all on a Sunday morning? I know it's not February, but can we just talk about it? Because we compare ourselves. So you think you're better than me. Mm -hmm. I never saw this in, in, in effect uh, at a deeper level until I went to South Africa and realized that, that you know, all of us here in America, we all black. African American, you know, whatever you want to call yourself, colored, whatever you want to call yourself, Negroes, you know, whatever you want to call yourself. We've been labeled many names. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to call myself no more. Now I'm on African in America. In America. <laughs> through the diaspora. Um, watch this. Um, I never saw this until I went to South Africa, and those that went with me can remember this, that there's an area in South Africa that is one area is called Mitchell Plains, and the other area is called Kailicha. And there's a street that separates them both. And you can look and stand. We were at the McDonald's that's like in between both of them. And I guess that's the, the, the common area. I guess the, both of them can go there. You could see the street, and on the left side, there was number light-skinned people, and on the right side, it was number dark-skinned people. And they did not intermingle with one another because the dark-skinned people, which would be considered black people, thought that the light-skinned people had better benefits because they were lighter-skinned, so they got all the jobs. It blew my mind. I had never seen that before. And I thought, you know, in America, no, we all black. But the reality is, we do it amongst ourselves. No, forget about color. Don't let somebody make just a few more dollars than you. Because we become comparative in nature. We are grasshoppers in our eyes. We look inferior. Y'all still with me? Here's, here's number two of a slave mentality. Number two is this. Watch this. You will work harder for someone else's dream than your own. It's getting tight right through here. I, you know, I, I teach this all the time where I talk about the vision of the church and that you need to follow the vision. And God gives me the vision. You need to follow the vision. And then black people look at me and they have a problem with that because now you, you, they start to think that I'm maybe trying to lord over you and I'm, you know, I'm H and I C and I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to be better than you. And, and I just know Bible says that the, that the Lord gives it to the visionary, and then the visionary gives it to the people. God gave the vision to Moses. Moses gave it to the people. God gives the vision to the head, and the head gives it to the people. Now, watch this. The problem is, watch this, I try to tell them, listen, I need you to work for the vision of this church. And then people try to push back on that and say, well, why? Watch this. Because I say you work for somebody's vision every single day of your life. That ain't your vision. That job you work on ain't your vision. But a slave mentality, come on, is a person that says, watch this, I'm going to work like a dog for eight hours for somebody else, but when we ask you to work hard for you, you too tired. Oh, I'm elevating this church to another level right through this message. So we come to you and say, what you doing with your dream?" So you gave all yourself to somebody else's vision, but didn't give it to your own. I need you to touch your neighbor and say, it stops today. It stops today. It stops today. Touch somebody else telling it stops today. It stops today. Oh. 
Watch this. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Biblically, Exodus 14, verse number 11. Look at this. Exodus 14, verse number 11. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us in the desert to die? Look what they said. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Egypt represents bondage. The desert, even though it was hot, represented freedom. Catch this. Verse number 12. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So you're going to work harder for somebody else's vision. And God has already given you a word that there's a promise laying out there for you, and you refuse to work for that. Is there anybody in here that can agree with your pastor that says, I'll be doggone if I'm going to die working for somebody else's vision and I don't work for my own vision? Is there anybody in here that say, I'm going to take the little strength I got left after I don't work for somebody else and I'm going to work my I need you to give your neighbor a high five and say, work your vision. Give it all you got. Don't you stop. Don't you quit. I know you tired, but don't you quit. You got to work your vision. You got to work your vision. You think your grandparents struggled through Jim, Jim Crow for you to settle for a little piece of a pension? You, you think your great-great-grandparents struggled through slavery, come through Reconstruction, and still have everything taken from them? just for you to get on that little mammy-pammy job and be settled with just paying the bills. I wish I had a church in here that say it stops today, it stops today, it stops today. I need you to touch three people around you and say, I'm going to work every vision that God has given me. I'm going to die empty. 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 It's a mentality. It catches you in a system and leaves you there. Watch this. All right, here's the third one. When you pay for what you want and beg for what you need. <laughs> Slave mentality. When you pay for what you want and beg for what you need. Come here. It ain't that we ain't got no money. We will pay $100 to turn up but won't spend $25 to buy a book. I ain't scared of none of y'all. You know why? Because I am making sure I'm going to build the church that God has called me to build in order for us to make change in this community and in this world. I can't do it off of broke people. I can't do it off of people that's bound up in a slave mentality. I got to do it on people that have made up in their mind. It got to be much better than this. There's got to be more than just this. We will pay $100 to turn up. $40 for the club. Okay, all right, all right. Let's have this conversation real quick. Because you from Miami, I'm from Miami. We know 
that when you go to the club, it's at least $40, $50 to get in the door. Then when you, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying we've been, but I'm just saying <laughs> that then when you get in there, you spend at least another 40 to $50 on drinks alone. And don't try to be a baller and try to buy bottles yourself. Because that's $250. I mean, you know, you know how much it is. You want me to really go there? And then you spent another uh, about $80 on a good old-fashioned Nova outfit in order for you to go up in there. You got your hair did and your nails too. Okay, I ain't talking to real people. I ain't talking to real people. You had to get your eyelashes done. You was gonna kill them with this one. You was gonna kill them. You took 100 selfies before you walked out. I ain't got no real people. 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 You spent almost at least $200 to hang around people you don't even like. You ready? Here we go. You ready? Here we go. And if somebody asks you to buy a $20 book on financial uh, anything, financial literacy, that's too much for you. Touch your neighbor and say, get your mind right. Get your mind right. You're going to be broke all your life? You're going to be struggling all your life? You look good and broke. I, I can have a real conversation right here. I really could. Can, let me just, let me, let's just pretend we're at the table eating chicken wings and potato salad and we're just talking. I always knew when I went to the club who the broke ones were. That when we left the club, uh, she was going to be asking me to buy the, you know, the breakfast. Because mm -hmm. when you got the three, $400 purse and you got red bottoms on and you were the passenger, getting quiet right through here. Watch this. And then you have the nerve to go on social media and ask for somebody to send you some money for your rent. You got the nerve to go on social media and ask somebody to fund your vision. It's getting quiet right through here. You have the nerve what did you do with all the money that you used in turning up? I'm tap dancing on somebody's toes right now, and I'm so glad, because by the time I'm done tap dancing, you're going to get free. You're going to get your life in priority. You're going to be a homeowner by next year this time. We are funding other people's vision. Watch this. When you pay for what you want and then have to beg, for what you need. Mm -hmm. You'll pay $250 on some Jordans. Watch this. Stay with me. I need you to hear this. You will pay $250 on some Jordans, but then ask every black business owner to provide, a, pro, provide their service at a discount. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
So I have to discount what God has given me in order for you to patronize me when I'm looking at you and can see thousands of dollars on you right now? When you pay for what you want and beg for what you need. It's a slave mentality. And God is trying to break us in a mentality that wants greatness on discount. To whom much is given, much is required. You're going to have to work for this. You have to roll your sleeves up. You are going to have to sweat. You might even have to bleed. But you don't get greatness on discount. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you sleepless night. Am I talking above y'all right now? Because I feel like some of y'all, you, you checking out on me because you like, oh, it's over for my life and I ain't, nah, ain't going to do this. The devil is a liar. Touch your neighbor and say, wake on up, wake on up. Wake that purpose up. Wake that vision up. Wake it all up. God wants to elevate our mindset to the place that we are willing to pay the price. Proverbs 22, verse number 7. Proverbs 22, verse number 7. A good scripture that you need to get in your, your memory. Proverbs 22, verse number 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. That's what your Bible says. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. He is saying that if you go into financial debt, it has consequences. That if you begin to use more than what you have, there are consequences. And a major step to financial freedom is not only making more money, but saving what you can. That God wants us to save all we can and can all we save. So the question becomes, three points and I'm done, how do you save? Well, Pastor, how do you save? I want to save more money, but how do you save? How do you save more money? Let me give you what the word says. Number one, write this down, don't consume more than you have. I don't, I don't mean to, you know, uh, uh, come against your intelligence or, or make you seem like you're not a smart person, but I just want to make sure you have these points. Number one, don't consume more than you have. When I was coming up, you would hear elderly people say one statement all the time, I'm living on a fixed income. Y'all ever heard somebody say that before? Till I, till I got older and realized all of us on a fixed income. What it comes in your house is fixed. What comes on your check is fixed. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Now, when it comes to our spending, we don't want to overconsume and go into a place of debt. Don't spend more than you earn. Sounds simple, but it's complicated. Go to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, verse number 12. Deuteronomy 28, verse number 12. I want you to see this. Deuteronomy 28, verse number 12. Deuteronomy 28, verse number 12. Is this blessing anybody? Deuteronomy 28, verse number 12. I can never run for an office anymore because of this one message right here. Y'all got it all on the podcast. It's in the cloud. It ain't, you know, have it for y'all, Lord. Deuteronomy 28, verse number 12. The Bible says, the Lord will open the heavens. Everybody say open heaven. The storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. I got to read that one more time. 
I need this. Hear me. Follow me. I need this to settle in your spirit on today. I really need you to get this. You might not shout, but this word going to change your life. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and bless all the works of your hands. Lift your hands and say, everything I touch will be blessed. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. This is what God is speaking of your life. Why is he saying this to them? He's saying this to them because God knew that when you borrow and go into debt, you give up your freedom. Some of us know that feeling. You give up your freedom. He's old school like me. When the bill collectors call the house, before uh, uh, call the ID, you didn't know who was on that line. Which your, your mama had your line all the time. Tell them I ain't home. Watch this. And even now that you have caller ID, watch this. You know you're in bondage. Hear this. When you can't answer the phone that you pay for. Because you thought I was talking about the 90s. No, let's come to 2019. Yeah. Your freedom is restricted. Because you can't answer the phone that you pay for. Because you know it's a bill collector. You see that 800 number pop up. Watch this. Because you want to buy the house, you want to buy the car, you want to make money moves, but you can't because you have given up your freedom in debt. And because of our financial decisions, we are potentially limiting our future freedom. We are allowing ourselves to become enslaved by our financial decisions today that last into our tomorrow. God says, watch this, don't borrow today against your future tomorrow. Because when you borrow, you are consuming more than you have. Here we go. America is the wealthiest, wealthiest country on earth. That's what they tell us. I kind of, you know. I think the better way of saying that is American people are the wealthiest on the, country, in, in the, on the earth. Watch this. But as a nation, watch this, we routinely print more money without reducing spending. You know, when Obama was in office, there was this thing that popped up called the Tea Party. And the Tea Party's whole initiative was to make sure that re they would reduce spending because they believe that all Democrats, uh, all of what we want to do is just spin our way into everything. And so their whole uh, mantra was to reduce spending. I remember that they had this big old sign and they showed how much the debt was good, the national debt was going up every second by trillions of dollars. Watch this. And now that we got somebody else in the White House, you don't hear anybody talking about reducing spending anymore. Watch this. Hear this, and as a nation, we are routinely printing more money without reducing spending. And generations to come will have to deal with the debt we are leaving them. 41% of American households carry credit card debt. And it's the worst kind of debt. Here, why? Because it makes you pay more for an item than what it costs. Because most times, the interest rate is anywhere from 17 to 24%. I know you wanted me to say, ain't he all right, and slap fire with your neighbor, but I believe this is what God wants us to hear this morning. But, Pastor, what about good debt? You know, buying a home, that's good debt, right? Yeah, it is. Watch this. The problem is, we buy homes we can't afford. 
and we buy, watch this, cars that are not on our financial level. Ain't nothing worse than a person that acts above their wage. I need to rewind that one more time. Ain't nothing worse than a person that acts above their wage. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. In, in South Africa, uh, we went the first time, and we learned a very valuable lesson. Um, we was Winchell, Minister Winchell in April. And we went, and um, we, we learned a very valuable lesson. It was cold, and um, it was rainy. Day we left out, left the heater on because um, it was cold in the house. And we left out, and when we came back, it was even colder inside the house than it was outside. And I said, Well, did y'all turn the heat on? What is going on? But then we realized that the lights weren't even on. So we were calling the Airbnb owner and saying, Hey, what's going on? What's the problem? And he said something to us. Watch this. He said, Oh, I have to put some money on it because in South Africa, you have to prepay the utilities. You have to prepay for utilities. Stay with this. You have to pay in advance. They don't, they don't send you a bill at the end of the month and then you pay that. No, 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 they don't trust you. So you have to put on the books how much money is going to be on them lights. Stay with me. And I researched it. And here's what I came up with. Here's what I found out. Because the average South African pays 80% of their income in debt repayment. That they have had so much spending going on for centuries of their country that now that debt is straddled on the people. Now it makes sense why we saw people in shanties and they couldn't get ahead because 80% of their income went to debt repayment. There's even, watch this, I did some research. You ready for this? There are certain uh, uh, supermarkets that are strategically placed next to the poor uh, neighborhoods on purpose. Here's the reason why. They placed them there because if you walk in there, you will discover, as we discovered, they give you credit. So watch this. So they start buying necessities on credit. Question, are we buying necessities on credit? Selah, I want you to think. Watch this, watch this. Um, so so um, if that don't sound like slavery, I don't know what is. Here's the moral story. Spend less than you earn. Live within your means. Now, I wish I could just quote one Bible verse that would wipe away all your past mistakes, but it's not that easy. It requires a lot of small decisions, but if we make those decisions according to God's word, we can move from the place of not enough and just barely making it. 
Israel, watch this, let me get back to them, has left slavery and they have wandered for 40 years because of this, their disobedience. And when they are ready to go into the land that God had promised, God wants to continue to build them in his principles because they are still learning how to be a nation. But God is going to tell them how to take the land and conquer the land. Go to Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter, verse number 19. Deuteronomy 20, verse number 19. I need you to see this because this thing messed me up when I, when, when I read this. Deuteronomy 20, verse number 19. Y'all still with me? Okay. Deuteronomy 20, verse number 19. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 20, verse number 19, when you lay siege to a city for a long time, fighting against it to capture it, do not, hear this, destroy its trees by putting an axe to them because you can eat their fruit. Do not cut them down. Are these, are, are the trees people that you should besiege them? However, you may cut down trees that you know are not fruit trees and use them to build siege works until the city at war uh, with you falls. Catch this. He says, God is telling him, if you conquer a city, here's what I need you to do. Don't just cut down any tree. Make sure you leave the trees that are fruitful. Watch this. Now, in this time, it is easier for them to just clear out all the trees so that they can take the wood from the trees and build a ramp or a ladder to get over the walls. Are y'all with me? Y'all got that imagery? So they cut down the trees in order to build a ramp to get over the walls so that they could take the city. God tells them, watch this, when you go to take the city, make sure you don't cut down the fruit trees. Leave the fruit trees alone. Now, why would he tell them to leave the fruit trees alone? Watch this. God is saying, listen here, don't take the easy route. It might be harder to take the city in the present, but you might want that fruit from the tree in the future. You missing what I'm saying? He never tells them, and this is where our theology gets off. He never tells them, take all the trees out, and then I'm going to provide you with more fruit. He does not tell them that. What he tells them, he says, keep the trees that got the fruit on it because it might be harder, but you're going to have a harvest later. And I came to announce to somebody that you're in a season right now of saving your money and doing the right financial decisions. It might be harder now, but you're going to have a harvest later. Is there anybody in here that say, I might have to go through what I got to go through. It might be hard now, but I decree and declare that it's going to be a harvest for me later. Problem is, we killing all our fruit trees. We just wiping them all out. Fruit trees, just taking them out. You ready for this? Here go to Revelation. Not on the page. This is what God's speaking right now. Some of your fruit trees are people. And you cutting down some fruitful people that's going to bless you later in your life. Mm -hmm. I don't like what they did. You don't have to like what they did. Can I tell you something? Leave a fruitful per person alone. Because when they're fruitful, they might can bless you with a harvest later. Mm -hmm. Is that helping anybody? Yeah, because you got to be careful. So, and, and let's just be real. Let's just be real. Some of the people you don't like are very fruitful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I tell people all the time, don't play me close. Cause I can pray heaven down on, just on, in your direction. Don't get no attitude with me. Cause I'll back up. 
And I know I got an anointing on my life that it can destroy some yokes. But you could be missing out. Watch this. The person that's sitting next to you right now could bless your life in an extraordinary way. But you sat down and had a little attitude because they got a little too close to you and you didn't want them to be that close. Look at your neighbor and say, I could bless your whole entire life. <laughs> Honey, I'm the fruitful tree. I'm the tree that got fruit on it. Don't you play me close. Ooh, Teresa, they don't like that right there. Because you cutting down fruitful trees in your life. Mm -hmm. That's cutting off relationships. And they're supposed to be the one to give you your harvest later. Well, be careful. Don't, don't cut down all your trees. Some of them need to stay. Watch this. Um, number two, number two, don't consume today at the expense of tomorrow. Don't consume today at the expense of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Don't give up your future for ease and comfort. Don't give up your future for ease and comfort. Don't give up your future so that you can eat out. Because eating out is a whole lot more convenient. I'm preaching to you and me at the same time. I was eating juicy crab last night. Don't look at me in that tone of voice, any. I was eating juicy crab last night, and I told a friend of mine, we, we were sitting there eating, I said, you know, I really could have made this myself. I could have made this myself. And I said it probably would have been a whole lot cheaper. Watch this. But when it comes to ease and comfort, we will pay a higher price for something we can do ourselves. You could say what you want about Popeye's chicken sandwich. A week later, I was back at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Hear me. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because the ease and comfort of the service that I receive at Chick-fil-A will always outweigh the nasty person behind the, the counter at Popeye's. I hope ain't nobody here who worked for Popeye's. Praise the Lord. Not you, but your coworker. Because you will pay more for ease and comfort. Watch this. But you got to think long term. You got to think long term. Let me go here. Single people, you got to think long term. Y'all want me to go in this door? Long term. Should I really sleep with them? It's getting right. It's, it's quiet right over here. Long term, is this a good decision? Long term, buying this car, is this financially wise? Because I'll be styling and profiling until that first deal comes. And they get you real good. Now, they tell you 45 days without no payment. I mean, you just, just, I mean, just driving everywhere. And, and if you like me, you don't get windows on your tent, cause, uh, uh, tent on your windows because you want everybody to see you. Touch your neighbor say flesh, 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 flesh. Proverbs 21, verse number five. You don't have to turn to it because I'm getting a, a, a specific version of it. The Message Bible says this in Proverbs 21, verse number five. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further, further behind. Mm-hmm. 
Careful planning. Let's step out of money just for a minute. Even being on time and stuff. Careful planning will put you ahead in the long run. But hurry and scurry leaves you further behind. It happens on Sunday morning. Praise team sings heaven down. The music ministry comes up here, whatever choir, whatever praise team, they come up here, they sing heaven down. And they set the atmosphere. And because you have been hurrying and scurrying all over the place, your spirit ain't right, so when you sit down, you can't tap into what doesn't happen. Watch this. And now you are further behind. Mm-hmm. Watch this. God wants us to think about the future and plan towards the future. That's why the Bible says write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that they may run with it who reads it. Planning gives you the ability to map out a strategy for God to move in. People always tell me all the time, Pastor, you read your message. I sure do. Why do you read your message? I sure do. Because I believe that God blesses preparation. I don't get up here and just open my mouth and say the, the Holy Spirit going to fill my mouth with words. The devil is a liar. You better, see, you better seek God way before you get up here. And then when I get up here, I give God room to do whatever he wants to do. So if I get to point number two and I stop, it's because the Lord said that's all I wanted to do. The other point was for you. Watch this. You got to make sure you plan. You, planning gives you the ability to map out a strategy for God to move. God wants you to use your faith and your brain to strategize where you are headed. Where are you going financially? What are you going to do with your money? Have you planned it out? Have you strategized what's your next money move? I ain't talking about the outfit. Watch this. Because trusting God and planning for the future is not opposed to each other. You can trust and do at the same time. Bible, faith without works is dead. You got to plan and believe at the same time. Sometimes God give us provision today that is to be used in the future. And the question becomes, has God already supplied your need, but you spend it in fast food and in cable? Can I tell on myself? Me and Chantel, we're going to tell on ourselves because we can be honest about this. Me and Chantel. Chantel, you, you ever went grocery shopping and then went and got something from a fast food place? Don't look at me in that tone of voice any. I mean, got the good stuff, too. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to do right. Well, let me get this one last meal out. Let me just get it out. Let me just get this one last meal out. Sometimes you have to think about the future and not about immediate wants and desires. God told Israel to plan. Everybody say plan. Now, Israel is conquering cities, possessing the land, and they are developing a nation. They began planting crops. Watch this. But the slave mentality was still in them even while they were planting crops. And they were confronted with this thinking so that they can think differently. Go to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. I need to show you this. Leviticus 23, verse number 22. So they, they've conquered cities all left and right. They're, 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 they're taking over. What God has said is theirs. And then they start to plant crops. And on their first plant, God has to interrupt them to mess up their slave mentality. Look at Leviticus uh, 23, verse number 22. Leviticus 23, verse number 22. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for
for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. Now, let me read that first part because I need you to catch something in this, in this text. When you reap, you done, you done planted, you done sown, now you have a harvest. He says, when you reap that harvest, watch this, do not reap to the very edges of your field. He says, leave the edges there. Reap everything else. Slavery mentality and mindset says use all you have now because you don't know what tomorrow holds. This is why we can get paid on Friday and be broke by Sunday. Because we are harvesting to the very edge. God tells them to break this mindset and challenges them to think about others with what they have. So here's my point number three, and I'm done. Everything you have should not be everything you consume. Everything you have should not be everything you consume. Let me tell on myself and, and, and some of y'all. You ever been through a season where you got paid, and you played your bank account so well that just like a day or two before you got the next check, it was in the negative, but you knew it was gonna bring it back to the positive. So now you borrowing in your own account, and then you got the NSF fee that, that kick in. I know y'all wanna tell the truth, just keep looking forward, just keep looking forward, because some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Because everything you have, you're consuming. Just because you have it does not mean you, you ought to consume it all. And in the financial world, it's called this one word. You ready? Margin. You got to leave a margin. Married couples, you got to leave a margin. Single people, you got to leave a margin. That means you have to drive past the fast food and go home and eat cereal. I ain't got no dinner cereal eaters like, like, okay, they know what I'm talking about. I'm too tired to cook, but I need to eat something, and I don't need to eat out, so let me just get this cereal real quick. Touch your neighbor, say margin. You got to leave some margin. Watch this. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. You missed what I just said. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. So you have what is necessary to live off of, and then everything else becomes your margin. Now, if what you're living off of is all the way to your max, you need to reassess what you're living off of. This might not be the season for cable. Power should not be that, that important to you. Margin. This might not be the season that you can get your hair done every week. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing with going natural. Ain't nothing with going natural. I got people shaking their head. Like, the devil is a lie. Loose your hole, Satan. You got to leave margin. Everything that you are living off of, anything outside of that becomes your margin. Now, my question to you, Freedom, is your homework. You need to figure out what your margin is this week. Because some of you think that all the money you bring in is everything. I need all this to live off of. No, 
you need to figure out what you're living off of. Because there might be some things you need to move and might be some things you need to let go of. Okay, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Watch this. Watch this. Proverbs 21, verse number 20 is on the screen. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. I mean, the Bible calls us a fool. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. We need to create margin, space in our finances. Margin allows you to save for a future purchase or, watch this, an emergency expense. Margin also allows you to be more generous. It gives us space not to consume everything we have. We think, when I make more money, I will start saving. But God tells them on their first crop, don't consume it all. Save some even when you are beginning. On their first crop, he tells them, leave margin. Not when I get enough. Right here, right now. Do you know, watch this, statistics. Americans save less than 1% of their income. Less than 1%. 40% of Americans, here we go. And I hate the statistic because this factors in other nationalities. I wish I just had the African American uh, uh, and black people uh, statistic. But the statistics say that 40% of Americans can't handle a, a $400 unexpected expense without going into debt. I'm sure that number is much higher amongst African Americans. So if we just take that, that means half of us in this room would struggle if an emergency happened right now. So I want to give you some practical stuff. How do you save more money? Number one, pay more than the minimum balance on your credit cards. Here we go. Number two, cancel subscriptions you don't use. You ain't been to the gym yet. You better borrow somebody's Hulu and Netflix. Y'all don't like me. I said you better borrow somebody's Hulu and Netflix. You know how many people I got on my account right now? Winchell, you know how many people I got on my account? I pull mine up. It's a Philip. It's a mom and dad. It's a Winchell. It's a That's right, Nehemiah on my dog on Hulu now. <laughs> April. I done gave out my password to I don't know how many people. I come back on, I didn't watch this. What is this? <laughs> and I ain't got a dollar from none of them yet. Not one. It's my blessing to you. Happy birthday. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Pay more than the minimum balance on your credit card. Number two, cancel subscriptions you don't use anymore. Number three, limit eating out. Limit eating out. Let me tell you something. Your wallet and your waist will be thankful. It's getting, listen. I'm sorry, I ain't got no hikamashaya for you today. This is practicality. Number four, brew, brew your own coffee. Brew your own coffee. Mm -hmm. what, am I, what, am I, what's, what, what am I driving to? I'm driving to this. It's not one big step, it's many little steps. 
The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. The big stuff, it's the little stuff that just keeps accumulating. And God is saying, I'm trying to bring you to a financial place that you are able not only to live, but you're able to live and leave a legacy at the same time. We got to get to that place, y'all. Because I realize in this church, we're getting ready to shift next year, and I'm going to bring out this whole plan of us purchasing this place. I'm tired of renting. We've been renting for three years. It is time to buy. It is time to buy. I'm making some, we're making somebody else rich. It is time to buy this place. And we got to move into that space. And God kept checking me and saying, well, how can you ask them to move into that space when they won't even support the church financially, even through the tithe? Why are we still struggling in this area of this gray area where we don't have what we need in order to do what we got to do? It ain't because we ain't got the money. I've seen y'all cars. Y'all got quiet right there, but it's okay. Breathe in, breathe out. We have to get responsible and believe that God is bringing us to this place of an open heaven. Did you get something out of the word on today? I'm sorry I didn't just preach this. I had to teach this to you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are challenging us in areas that you want us to be better in. For you would not send this word if you didn't want us to be better. Thank you for the practicality of your word, God, that we can have faith and plan at the same time. So, God, we pray right now for a disciplined spirit. And the next time we get hungry, we drive past the fast food. God, we pray right now for a disciplined spirit that maybe we can't go shopping right now. But when we start paying off these debts, that's the best thing in the world. God, we thank you right now for your supernatural release, that you're going to bless us even in these times of disciplining ourselves. And we thank you for this open heaven. I want you to lift your hands and bless God and worship him for 30 seconds. Come on, lift your hands and bless him for 30 seconds. Lord, I receive discipline now. I, I receive strategies now. Show me how to do this. I'm not going to invest all my life into somebody else's vision, but I decree and declare, give me the space and the energy to pour into my own vision now. Come on. I need you to just worship him. God, we're open. We're ready. We're available for you to do what you want to do, God. And I decree and declare over this church that we are a blessed people. That we are the lender and not the borrower. We are the head and not the tail. God, I decree and declare that 365 days from today, you are bringing us into a place we have never been before. I got to do this. And God, I pray right now, by the power of your blood, that you break every spirit of poverty that's attached to my name. Break every spirit, every slave mentality. God, renew our minds right now. We are not slaves any longer. God, even if it goes against the grain of what we were taught for years and years, train us and teach us, God. God, we decree and declare that our hands are blessed, that everywhere that our foot trods is blessed, our houses are blessed, our children are blessed, our families are blessed, everything around me is blessed, everything attached to me is blessed. I decree it and declare it now the name of Jesus and we honor you. Come on everybody stand. Let's bless God for his word. Hallelujah. 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 Come on let the blessed people just worship him. 
Let the blessed people just worship him. Hallelujah. Come on. Let the blessed people just worship him. I know we're supposed to sing a song, but I just need worship right here. Come on, just worship him. For where he's taking you and what he's getting ready to do in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're blessed from that crown of your head to the sole of your feet. You're blessed. Hallelujah. church in an unusual way to bless others that we will be light in darkness God I pray right now that you prepare us for this next level that even before we purchase you've already provided we decree and declare that you've already provided and we thank you now and we bless you clap your hands and give the Lord some praise Hallelujah. 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 I know I'm taking a little time here, but I'm getting ready to move. I need you to grab somebody, go to three people, grab them by both hands, and I need you to declare over their life, you are blessed from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Come on. I need you to declare that over three people. You are blessed from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Favor follows you. Favor follows you. Favor follows you. Favor follows you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. something on today. Let's give according to his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are under an open heaven. Glory to his name. 
Hallelujah. Overflow in every area of your life. Overflow in every area of your life. We thank you now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bring that down. Let me say this. Hear me. Forgive yourself for the mistakes that you made in the past with your finances. That's, that's old. Can I tell you something? It's under the blood. And when something is under the blood, it always means that God can give you another chance. The reason I'm preaching this ain't to reflect on your mistakes of your past. It's to push you into your next dimension, into your next chance. God is giving opportunities now that you thought wasn't going to come around again. God says you're in the season now where it's coming around again. Don't waste it this time. Worried about what happened in your past. I can do a new thing and it starts today. I can do a new thing and it starts today. I can do a new thing and it starts today. Hallelujah. So that's what we're believing God for. Hallelujah. Let's give on this today. Hallelujah. We haven't done our tithers creed. I forgot to do it on, on last week. I want to do it on today. And we say this with every fiber of our being. Y'all ready to say it? Come on, let's say it strong. Come on. I'm a tither and a giver. I know that when I give, my faith is activated, my love is demonstrated, and the vision is supported. Because of my obedience, windows, doors, and gates are open for me. I am blessed beyond measure. I walk in favor. Increase and overflow is my norm, and the devourer is rebuked in Jesus' name. Give God glory if you believe that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we ready to give? Are we ready to give? Um, I want to do this. I'm going to pray, dismiss you. Y'all just rush the altar. Um, do this for me. Even if you give uh, by text to give or you give online, just tap your phone on the, on the altar. I believe that God is doing something supernaturally, even in our obedience, even in our obedience. Are we ready to give on today? Father, dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Bless us like only you can. We walk in favor every single day of our lives. Even as we go to work tomorrow, we're going to still walk in favor. And we thank you now for what you're doing in our lives. Bless our children. Bless our families. Protect us and keep us until we meet again on Wednesday to lift up and praise your name ever the more. In Jesus' great name we pray. I need you to give God praise right there. Hallelujah. Are you ready to give? Come on, let's give. Come on, let's give. Come on. somebody to Super Sunday. Make sure you invite somebody to Super Sunday. Let's flood the house next week. Let's flood the house next week.
Miracles.